Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Moving Up the Ladder here on LJN Radio. Moving Up the Ladder is where we bring you experts in the world of business and employment to lend some knowledge and insight, hopefully into the success of your career or business yourself in any way we possibly can. I'm your host, Tim Muma. When we're currently working in a company, it's natural to have thoughts and aspirations to advance in some respect, but attaining that promotion isn't necessarily something that comes out of the blue or happens just because you've done a good job. Alexia Vernon, a career and workplace author, coach, and trainer as well, joins us from Las Vegas today to describe some strategies that can help set yourself up for a promotion. Thanks for coming on today, Alexia. Thanks for having me, Tim. Before we hit on the topic itself, our listeners always like to know a little bit about our guests. So if you could just briefly describe your professional experience so that they have an idea of where you're coming from. Sure thing. I specialize in empowering leaders, professionals, and entrepreneurs to build careers and companies that are what I call successful, sustainable, but also full of soul. For over a decade, I've been on the speaking circuit and coaching and training at the intersections of purpose-driven leadership, high-impact interpersonal communication, and over the last couple of years through my women's empowerment platform, Step and Cheer Moxie, doing quite a bit of work supporting high-potential women in their public speaking, influencing, and thought leadership. I've got two books, 90 Days, 90 Ways, all about onboarding young professionals to peak performance, as well as one designed specifically for professionals, Awaken Your Careerpreneur, that will actually focus on much of what we're going to talk about today. How do you take an entrepreneurial approach to your career development? Great. Perfect. That definitely sounds like you're busy and have uh, plenty of experience in different areas. So that'll work well with this show. As you mentioned, we're talking about the idea of promotions in this episode. So the first thing that pops in my head with something like this is should employees focus really on getting a promotion? Is I mean, is there a danger to that being one's motivation in their job? What's your take on that? It's a great question. And I like to draw a distinction between having an eye on your one or two steps ahead and on the other side, being motivated solely by the, what I call the one I have. When I have that position, then my life will be perfect. When I have that new salary, then I can start really living my life. It's important, really it's vital to know how where you are at any given time can play into where you're seeking to go Mm -hmm. because that actually becomes your motivation to dial up your current performance. And when you dial up your current performance, of course, you're en route to positioning yourself to connect more quickly to those next steps you want to have. Well, and that's sort of where, uh, obviously, the article I had seen of yours and and this idea came about was... Again, it's not something that necessarily is the focus, but there are little things you can always do. And and I guess I want to jump into those a little bit. And one of the things, a phrase that you had mentioned that kind of struck me a little odd, I guess, but uh, of course, I'll let you explain that a little bit, was the idea of under-promise and over-deliver. So what exactly do you mean by that? Sure. It's really important to set expectations that you know you can exceed, particularly with respect to deadlines. So one of the most common mistakes I see for folks, particularly when they are inherent people pleasers, is they say, yes, I can have that done for you next week. And they take on more work than they can successfully complete because they want to make people happy. Right. Unfortunately, by being much clearer on the, at, at the beginning of taking on an assignment about what you can or cannot achieve, you actually can, and I don't want to say lower expectations, but create realistic expectations with the aim then of getting things in a week earlier sure. than, than actually intended. And that way you're actually over-delivering on what people expect rather than coming in and making excuses for why you couldn't get things done. I think that makes perfect sense. As you said, I think, especially when you're first at a place of work, it's probably that feeling of, you know, you don't want to be seen as incompetent or unable to get the work done. 
I mean, have you seen this work, this strategy in a short period of time? Does it work in the long run? The reason I ask is, I guess, how exactly does it help actually set you up for promotion? I mean, at some point, you got to take on more responsibilities, right? Absolutely. And I see this as something that ideally you start doing during the onboarding process. Okay. And I'll break this down a little bit, that most of us, uh, unless we train ourselves to be otherwise, just do a lot of things in the workplace by default. Someone tells us to do something, we do it. And really that other person or those other people who are responsible for assigning us work don't have a sense unless they're really keen managers mm. about how long it takes to get something done. They're just simply focused on when they have their deadlines and that you know piggybacks into when they give things to you. Right. But when you can from the get-go have conversations whenever work is being allocated about what is that person's top priority or what are the first two things that they want achieved and why, what it starts to do is it actually trains them to give you work that's in alignment with their goals. Now, the reason that that's important is that the people who are going to potentially be promoting you don't necessarily care if you're just a workhorse. What they really care about is, are you delivering work at high quality that matters to them? Hmm. So you want to get clear and have those conversations consistently about what are those most important pieces of work so you make those priority? And you can say, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to accomplish all five of these things, but it's great to know that these are the one or two top priorities for you. How does it feel if it takes me an extra two weeks to get the three, four, or five? And that way, again, expectations are aligned. I think that's great practical advice. I like how you were able to break it down for our listeners so they can really apply it to what they're doing in their own workplace Another area I think people tend to struggle, you know, is this idea of trying to be innovative or creative, depending on obviously your position, but the idea of shooting for these long-term goals, and you touched on that a little bit, but also you have the day-to-day tasks, you're trying to meet those maybe, you know, maybe more important deadlines that are now, or you maybe can't focus on something that's long-term. What is your advice when you're trying to balance this challenge, I guess I would say, of short-term versus long-term? I'm a big scheduler. And this may not be surprising, given my last answer, I actually really strive to under-schedule. And the irony is that people tell me that I turn out more programs and events and speeches and articles than anyone they know. Hmm. And yet, if you were to look at my calendar, which I'll, I'll confess is actually a paper calendar, it works much better for me than, than having a virtual one. But if you look at three to five days out of my week, you'll see that I have maybe four to five major tasks in a given day, because I want to give myself as much time to get them done then, rather than breaking them up over long periods of time, where each time I revisit them, I spend half the time just trying to remember what the heck I'd accomplished. (laughs) Multitasking really is the death of the high potential employee who wants to be able to negotiate that tension between getting things done in the short term and having an eye towards long-term strategic planning. I really recommend giving yourself time to get important things done in one or two shots rather than spreading them out over too much time Mm -hmm. because you wind up eating up so much time just getting back and engaged. Also, in terms of how do you make sure you have time for the long term, put into your schedule and be really religious about giving yourself time where you are going to just be focused on that long term stuff. For so many of us, we wind up crossing that out and putting it on the next week or the next week because we just don't get to it. But if you are letting those things be as high priority as the stuff that you do tomorrow, you'll get it done. And the way to do that really is to set up times when you will be off for others. And I don't care if you are a new hire or if you are a senior executive, Mm -hmm. this really can work. 
whether it's even 30 minutes a day or, you know, as you move into an increasingly responsible position, it may be two or three hours where you're going to say, I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'm not going to check email. I'm not going to give into office gossip. I'm going to (laughs) be focused solely on the stuff that I need to get done and let other people know that so that they're not surprised when you don't respond. Well, it's interesting because with these first two couple of uh, aspects, strategies that you're talking about, I'm hearing a lot of focusing on the quality versus the quantity necessarily. And you said that's sort of a trap you fall into just trying to get all this work done as opposed to having the quality work. Do you think that's where a a lot of maybe the discrepancy or miscommunication comes in when you're talking about, okay, I'm looking to maybe acquire a promotion or move up in some way that that becomes a danger. People think, well, the more work, the better. And, and, and to me, it sounds like you're saying it's quality. It's always quality over quantity. I, I agree completely. And I'm glad that that's the takeaway because that's the intention. When you think about why does somebody hire you, whether it's the first time you're coming into a company or, or why are they going to promote you? It's really as simple as people do it because they're looking for folks who provide the solutions that they need. And while there's a lot of work that just has to get done to get done, a lot of it is not specifically the solutions that the people with power necessarily need. It's just the maintenance stuff. Mm-hmm. So when you focus on what that stuff is, the highest priority, and you really make quality um, the thing that you're going for, then again, that's going to be a win-win for everybody. Now, when people are looking for a new job, you often hear about the idea of obviously networking and having, uh, you know, thinking like the employer. And you mentioned before sort of having this entrepreneurial, uh, you know, idea or mentality is there a certain way that you can use that similar strategy when you're talking about an, an in-house promotion where you're obviously not necessarily going out anywhere, but using those same, as you said, sort of that mentality that you talked about earlier? Absolutely. And I, I think it's vital. So I, I love the word entrepreneurship because an entrepreneur is someone who uses that entrepreneurial mindset, who builds relationships the way that an entrepreneur would, who develops those kinds of entrepreneurial behaviors within their organization's four walls, whether that's developing new innovative ways of working within their current position, potentially pitching new products or new services. And to that idea of, well, so who do you network with internally? It's important not to get stuck just building relationships with your team or your immediate supervisor or manager. You want to always be asking yourself, where are the opportunities that matter most to more senior leaders? And get on board with those whether that means volunteering for a stretch project that potentially is outside of your department. It could mean representing your company at an important event or, again, perhaps developing a new program that solves the problem that everybody who's in a position um, to promote you is complaining about. Hmm. And when you're doing so, it's not just about you know letting everybody know, oh, look how hard I'm working. Because Again, it's not about hard work. It's about smart work. But when you can build relationships and elicit the support of key stakeholders within your organization, that again is stuff that's just priceless in terms of making you be seen as somebody who's worthy of increasingly responsible responsibilities. Now, I don't know how much you speak with people uh, in terms of these strategies working out or, or maybe you've come across different uh, different individuals where it has. Do you have any specific examples that pop in your mind about any of these strategies that really maybe someone was sort of you know, they're sort of wading in the water, so to speak. But then when they implemented some of these, they were able to take off and advance in their career. I mean, did you have any specific examples of that? I do. And I could probably go on for days, but there's (laughs) one, as you were speaking, that just really came to mind. Um, When I was actually writing my onboarding book, I had the opportunity to interview one of the senior leaders 
uh, in my community who works for a utility who I just think is the bee's knees when it comes to <laughs> not only espousing good theories of leadership, but really practicing it. Mm-hmm. And I was asking her if she had any examples of young professionals who she felt like had just really done it right in terms of moving quickly and effectively from new hire into more senior management. And she brought up this young woman who had initially been given some feedback that her communication was not quite up to par, but at the same time was told, we really like you, but we just want you to be aware that this could potentially be a blind spot for you if you're not aware. And the gal had come back and said, I agree. And I know that the way I'll get better is through practice. How would you feel if I organized? It won't take any of your time. I hopefully won't take anyone else's time. But if we did a weekly um, lunchtime Toastmasters group, and it would be open to people in the company, and it would be an opportunity for us to come together and dial up our communication skills. Long story short, she got the support of this particular senior leader and a couple others, did all of the grunt work outside of work hours, which didn't take a whole lot Mm -hmm. to be able to spearhead this. And I actually wound up meeting this person and wouldn't have known until she introduced the fact she'd started Toastmasters at this company through a senior leadership program in my community that we were both um, assigned to over this last year. So definitely worked in her case. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's a perfect example of, of what you're talking about here. And just those little things that can help, uh, you know, even if you have to do a little bit, as you said, outside of work, um, obviously it paid off in the end. On the flip side of things, I always like to ask this as well. You know, we like to give people advice on what to do, but what are some of those mistakes that you recognize that people make, you know, maybe one or two big ones, that when they're looking for that promotion or, or they, they aren't sure why it's not working out, what are the, really those big mistakes that, they're, uh, that, they're, that are holding them back? There's a few. The first that actually relates to this last example is that too many employees, if they were given that feedback, oh, your interpersonal communication isn't quite where it needs to be, mm-hmm. their first response would be, and I hate to say it, but something snarky and <laughs> eternally like an F you, yeah, sure. you know, and they wouldn't take that feedback. They'd get pissy and it would start to undermine all other areas of their performance. Mm-hmm. So the key is to not look at feedback as something that is inherently negative but rather how can you use that information to work on the behaviors and skills that are necessary rather than letting it be personal. The other thing I see is that for so many people, once they get it in their head that they want a promotion, which is a perfectly healthy (laughs) desire to have, is they do one of two things. They either keep it to themselves or they whine to others that they want one and they stop performing at their peak in their existing role. Now, to go to the former, When they keep it to themselves, I'm not suggesting that you let everyone in your company know you're ready for a promotion. But Mm -hmm. when you are having, let's say, a performance review or if you have a more informal feedback situation within your company culture to say, I'm really interested in being able to move into an increasingly responsible position. What do you see as the two to three areas I should most address in order to position myself that way? So that way you know exactly what somebody's looking for and you start doing the work there. And you can be, you know, advocating for yourself in terms of saying, great, would it be okay if we cycled back to this conversation in three months or six months and looked at whether or not I was ready so that you don't feel like you're bringing this up abruptly and rather you and the person or the people who are involved with this decision, you're all um, having this conversation in an ongoing way and setting clear benchmarks for what you need to do. And on the other side, I mean, it's a lot simpler. Rather than whining about, you know, the fact that you want one, again, you want to be proactive 
and have a possibility-centered mindset so that your focus is on what you can do rather than what you don't have. Sure. Earlier when you are talking about the idea of sort of getting it out there, obviously, and uh, advocating for yourself a little bit, it sort of lends it to this next question. Maybe it is time to initiate that conversation. Is there a way to bring that up about, you know, I am really interested in this promotion or I'm interested in this position? Is there a is there a right way to do it? Is there a right time to do it? I mean, what would be your advice if somebody feels like now, you know, now's the time I got to step forward with this? I would definitely follow the parameters that I just covered. Right. What I would add to that, though, is timing is everything. So if you know that the person you're initiating this conversation with is in the middle of crunch time, whether it's an end of the year report that has, has to get done or they have a big project, not the time. You want to, in advance, identify for yourself, okay, when's the time when this person could actually be open to this conversation? Mm -hmm. And I also recommend scheduling it and saying, you know, I'd like to have a conversation about where I am right now and how I can continue to improve my performance rather than saying, I'd like to talk about a promotion, which unfortunately, (laughs) if you say that many people will postpone indefinitely. (laughs) And that then when you have that conversation, just to reiterate briefly, letting it be clear that you don't expect one tomorrow Rather, what needs to happen for this to be a possibility so that you give yourself and that other person time to make it happen, but you also set clear expectations for when you will revisit this conversation so that you don't go on in perpetuity just working on your own performance without some expectation that you can check in and see, all right, is now the time. Yeah, I think that that definitely is a great advice, especially you mentioned the idea of sort of you have to be careful with how you bring it up and what exactly you say. As you said, if you if you're just blunt and like I'm looking to get a promotion, it's it's probably not going to work out too well for you. So we do we do appreciate even those little inside uh, inside information there. We are getting a little low on time. You've you've done a terrific job giving us uh, you know specific examples and and laying it out for uh, for all of our listeners the idea of sort of setting themselves up for a promotion. Did you have any sort of final message or tip that you'd really want to express when you're talking about this topic? I mean, you, again, you had some information in that article. I know people can go to your website, alexiavernon.com, to find some more information, but what's something you'd really like to give the listeners as sort of a takeaway from this show? The one thing I'd like to add is the importance of becoming protagonist in the story that you are telling about who you are in your organization. It's so easy, particularly in companies that have come out of a lot of crisis over the last few years, to get in that mindset of lack. I don't have what I want. There's not enough money in my organization. And then that starts a downward cycle of you just showing up, not being a pleasant person to work with. And at the end of the day, while of course how you perform is important, people ultimately want to promote and want to sponsor those folks who see opportunities rather than obstacles. So take responsibility for being that person who is finding those possibilities even within difficult situations and narrating your own experience of your work in such a way that sets you up to be motivated each and every day. That's a great way to finish up here today. Unfortunately, we do have to wrap things up on Moving Up the Ladder, a part of LJN Radio. We definitely heard, as I mentioned, valuable tips, some advice on how to better position ourselves to advance uh, in your current company. As we've been speaking today with Alexia Vernon, who, as we mentioned, is a career and workplace author, coach, trainer. She does it all, pretty much. Thanks again for coming on the show today, Alexia. We appreciate your insight today. Thank you. Of course, we also want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. So if you have any thoughts on future topics, perhaps, just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.